Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Two Israelis now immersed in the unfolding political, civil, and judicial drama. It may seem as if it all happened ages ago, but in fact it was just last year at about this time that a wave of terror acts hit Israel's cities. Armed infiltrators seem to operate at will in population centers, with security forces rushing to the scenes and overpowering them, but with the damage to life and morale already done. The response devised by the military, police, and Shin Bet, or Internal Security Services, was Operation Wavesbreaker, meant to hit the terror cells in their home turf. A year later exactly today, under the new management, it is time to take stock and consider the gains and costs of this operation. Has it been successful? Is it still needed? And what lessons can be learned from it? To analyze it, we're joined all the way from central Israel by retired Colonel Dr. Eran Lerman, who is a co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, a Powers in Play co-panelist, as well as the Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security and Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. Thank you for joining us, sir. Also joining us from elsewhere in central Israel is Major General in Reserve, David Zul, who is a former commanding officer of the Israeli Border Police, Yamam Counter-Terror Unit, as well as a former commander of the Border Patrol and ex-commissioner of Tel Aviv District. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Thank you. Also joining uh, us here in the studio in Jerusalem is, of course, our TV7 editor-at-large, Mr. Amir Oren, uh, co-host of, uh, uh, or host of uh, Powers and Play, Watchmen Talk, and so much more, Mr. Amir. Give us a broader understanding on this uh Operation Wavesbreaker. Everybody calls it waves, uh, the break or uh, different compositions, but according to the official terminology of the IDF, it uh, happens to be Operation Wavesbreaker. Go ahead. Well, uh, certainly the Palestinian uh, perpetrators um, who are hiding uh, in Jenin or Nablus couldn't care less about uh, whatever nickname the um, IDF uh, came up with. Um, but uh, what we have here are two different fronts, uh, their own, their own uh, home turf and the Israeli uh, home front, and the seam between these two fronts, that is the fence between the West Bank and Israel, um, through which um, they sometimes manage um, to get from uh, the West Bank towards Israel. And therefore, the uh, Israeli apparatus, uh, which, as you said, is composed of various components, military, police, uh, the um, ISA, um, intelligence uh, assets, all of uh, uh, these uh, various forces had to work seamlessly. And apparently, uh, they have managed to do it. And they have uh, managed to uh, get into targets uh, in the uh, West Bank offensively. One of the problems is because uh, time is of the essence and precious intelligence can perish, sometimes they have to do it in broad daylight. And therefore, what you see is the civilian community around uh, the uh, perpetrators 
closing in to protect them. There are uh, firefights. Non-combatants uh, are being uh, killed sometimes. There you have funerals. You have uh, revenge uh, terror acts. But all in all, it seems as if this operation uh, has had some um, qualified success. Uh, Israeli targets uh, have been hit less than what uh, the intention was. But one cannot say that uh, the back of the terror wave has been broken, especially because these are not organized cells, at least not uh, um, organized by Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad in the traditional uh, way. Um, these um, organizations have inspired some of the terror acts, but there is not a clear chain of command, of supply, of directives, of transportation, uh, which can be intercepted. One correction, just uh, for the sake, I know some of uh, uh, border police uh, uh, officers watch our, our show, and, and to put things in clarity, even though the police is uh, the umbrella organization over the border police, which in Hebrew translates actually literally to the border guard, uh, the Imam unit is part of the border guard rather than the police, uh, and as such, police has taken a back role uh, in uh, the whole Operation Wastebreaker, even though Yaakov <laughs> Shabtai, who uh, is the police commissioner today, happens to be uh, also uh, formerly a commander of uh, uh, the Imam unit. Uh, Not of Imam, of, of, of the border. Uh, border police, excuse me. Uh, but I'd like to bring um, uh, General Tzul into uh, the, the conversation. General, uh, when you look at the, the operational activities taking place, obviously it's quite impressive to see uh, special operations units uh, operating in such a har harmony with uh, intelligence components of military intelligence and, and uh, the ISA pinpointing really surgically uh, where those suspected terror operatives are located on a night-to-night -night basis, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, cooperating obviously under command of the IDF, at least thus far. Let's see how things uh, develop in the future when the border police in Judea and Samaria ends up under uh, police uh, command rather than uh, the IDF command. Uh, but... To what degree is uh, the the operational success truly the the uh, within the framework of intentions relayed by the policymakers in this instance? Okay, um, I think tactically this is a un unbelievable, dramatic, dramatically uh, success of uh, interception, uh, preventing a, a lot of terror activities which are being. Uh, intercepted and some of them even we don't hear on the on the news and those who are which we are uh, uh, familiar which actually they're going to arrest and uh, uh, the uh, confrontation and started uh, fighting so you hear about uh, those uh, operations special units as you mentioned the Yamam and we have to say that uh, it's becoming more and more uh, complicated uh, first of all, and uh, you mentioned it, the ISA, I think, is uh, unique, is one of the uh, most uh, efficient intelligence of, uh, organization in the world, uh, using a lot of uh, technology, but also uh, human, which uh, brings a real-time, and this is the main, main key point, which is the real-time intelligence. And as uh, Amir mentioned before, sometimes, we can't avoid uh, even going in the daylight 
uh, in a camouflage operations, which maybe the audience can uh, uh, think about FAUDA, but even FAUDA is, uh, is not uh, enough to, uh, to uh, explain how uh, complicated is the, the operation to take out to take in those places, especially in Jenin, Nablus. Um, strategically, we have to say maybe a, a few things. First of all, uh, those uh, surgery operations are being uh, executed uh, all the time, uh, trying not to uh, involve innocent uh, people or those who are not involved in, uh, and not uh, to create uh, uh, damage and uh, more uh, strategic uh, damage on uh, uninvolved un uh, uh, casualties. The second issue is how to keep Gaza out of the confrontation. We had this uh, in uh, May uh, 2021, which we had the, the, the first uh, round, the, the last round uh, with Gaza. And uh, since then, there is a kind of a Deterrence, and this is something to keep uh, to keep it, and also the north, which we see the the PIJ, the PIJ, which is the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, is actually connected by routes to the uh, international Jihad Islam, which has been uh, pushed by the Iranians. So uh, definitely, we try to see that uh, the to reduce to minimum the involvement of Iran in the Palestinian authorities and in Israel. Jerusalem, it's a different ball. We can talk about it maybe later, especially in this time of the Ramadan. Indeed. How sensitive is it? It is the, the Temple Mount and the, all the, the other uh, issues in uh, is Jerusalem. Um, and unfortunately, from time to time, we see terror activities which are uh, taking place in Tel Aviv. We saw two uh, incidents, dramatic incidents and uh, some other places in, in the territories. And this is a big challenge, how to uh, uh, prevent those uh, incidents in a, a very, very sensitive uh, atmosphere. Uh, Dr. Lerman, I'd, I'd like to refer the next question to you. Even though uh, one of the key challenges that Israel wants to uproot uh, from uh, the, the various <coughs> Palestinian towns, villages, and communities at large, uh, is the Iranian influence there with Palestinian Islamic Jihad obviously <clears throat> trying to establish uh, a more substantive uh, uh, presence there with uh, uh, marketing so-called uh, themselves as uh, the one with uh, the, the heavy financer uh, that can provide then uh, the, the necessary backer, uh, backing to various uh, uh, communities uh, throughout those territories. Uh, we see that the majority of those uh, targeted in, in targeted killings or in arrests that end up being uh, of that nature, uh, not necessarily being of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, but rather of members of Fatah, of uh, the, the ruling faction within the Palestinian Authority, uh, who have gone rogue in uh, various uh, cities, primarily in northern Samaria, Janine and Nablus, uh, how do you translate that? Is this uh, a uh, manifestation of a loss of control by the Palestinian Authority due to various changes within the makeshift of those uh, territories? Well, both things are true. Uh, the Iranians uh, have an interest 
in uh, turning attention in t back into the streets of, uh, of Israel, into the Israeli-Palestinian confrontation, away from the other uh, uh, overarching issue of their uh, nuclear project, which is preoccupying uh, Israel. Uh, but um, their ability to do so depends on their proxy. Palestinian Islamic Jihad is by way of an Iranian proxy. I, I used to say that the difference between Hamas and Pidge, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, is literally a question of different propositions. Hamas works for the, with the Iranians, Pidge works for the Iranians. However, uh, because it is an, uh, an organization with which we are, uh, as, as uh, uh, General uh, Tzu said, uh, very familiar intelligence-wise, and it is an organization penetrated uh, and, and, and exposed to us, Israel was able to act very early on on, uh, on page capabilities. And in an, by the way, if you all recall, there was an attempt by page in Gaza to retaliate or a plan to retaliate for our actions against their leadership in northern Samaria, uh, which led to an Israeli uh, preventive strike against the uh, page command uh, structure in Gaza last year. Uh, and uh, a short, quick, and quite, quite uh, effective round of fighting with Palestinian Islamic Jihad that Hamas, by the way, decided not to, uh, not to join. So um, I think we've been quite effective dealing with Bidge at the early stages of Wave Breaker. Uh, and so the, the more persistent problem, as you say, are elements uh, either within the Fatah or, or uh, even Palestinian Authority um, security forces structure that have gone rogue. And uh, local, local organizations like, such as uh, the so-called Lion's Den, Arin uh, al-Usud, in northern Samaria, which basically reflect the, 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 the serious problem that the Palestinian Authority has now of sustaining control in that area, other areas as well, but this is most severe in northern Samaria. Years of in, uh, ineptitude, corruption, uh, delegitimization within the Palestinian street, um, rifts within its own power structure have, uh, have led to a situation where the PA has been weakened to an extent that made, gave Israel no choice but to act directly based uh, as we, as, as General Tso said, on, on very precise, very penetrating intelligence. I should mention that even individual terrorists, although not always, it's very difficult sometimes to, to apprehend lone wolves before they go out. But even there, sometimes you can be successful using uh, the social networks. The, the, the need to advertise what they are about to do ahead of time on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, to let everybody know that they are about to promote themselves from so-and-so uh, uh, -so to the Shaheed so-and-so, their need, their need to do so uh, gives us sometimes a leg up even with, with lone wolves. And there have been, I think, not even, not, not, not just dozens, but hundreds of such cases that the Shin Bet and the intelligence community uh, had the actionable intelligence necessary. At the end of the day, nothing is 
100% uh, uh, proof against, uh, against the occasional penetration. We had some very painful attacks. There are also points of friction, like the town of, of Hawara, where uh, a major uh, thoroughfare goes straight through the town, and, and, and Israelis drive through it on a regular basis. There have been three different attacks on Israelis. Uh, one of them was the murder of two brothers, uh, the other was uh, an Israeli wounded but able to return fire, a man with an American military background, and more recently a couple of soldiers wounded. But all of this just indicates that the, the situation is nearly out of, out of control in that area and the IDF is obliged to act on a regular basis. Mr. Uh, let me uh, uh, follow up on what Iran just said regarding uh, Hawara. Apparently, um, you can only reduce terror to a certain level. You cannot eradicate it. And whether it's gas, liquid, or solid state, it's there. It can be converted from one state to another. As long as you have Israelis living in the West Bank in settlements, as long as they and others are driving through the area, um, those terrorists who have been blocked from uh, coming into cities in Israel proper, and we are taking stock now of what happened since March of last year in Tel Aviv, in Hadera, in Bnei Brak, in Beersheba, uh, as long as uh, we are able to contain them, next to where they live, they go only a few kilometers from the village to, as Iran mentioned, to Hawara. Uh, these were not residents of Hawara who perpetrated the terrorists. They came over, they tried to run away back home. Uh, the intelligence and operational units found them and either uh, shot them dead or captured them. But they have not managed to go across the um, various uh, uh, choke points or checkpoints, depending on the uh, view. And sometimes when they get to the checkpoints, they commit the terror act over there. And uh, soldiers have been killed or security guards have been wounded at the checkpoint. So you cannot really get rid of terror. You can try to channel it away from population centers, but there will always be remnants of terror. Even though in, in many cases, especially in Nablus and Janine, which is uh, true for those areas, which I'm familiar with, um, many of those casualties have been actually from friendly fire of Palestinians, shooting Palestinians with high tense pressure, of course, with uh, operational forces operating. Uh, General Tzul obviously also uh, alluded to the the uh, unit Yamas, for instance, and, and other within Duvdevan and so on and so forth, various units that are specially uh, designated to know how to infiltrate into certain societies uh, and then uh, utilize within very hostile environments. But I'd like to ask you, General, so when we hear uh, Defense Minister uh, Yoav Gallant uh, just last week communicate uh, to the IDF about particularly uh, the fact that there are various sectors at hand, but all sectors ultimately lead to the head of the octopus, and that is the Islamic Republic of Iran. And the various sectors that Israel has to deal with are those tentacles uh, that are trying to touch, as he said in uh, literal translation from Hebrew, uh, to touch Israel, obviously. Uh, 
to what degree is uh, the focus or the, the operational activity on the ground when we're talking about Operation Wastebreaker within the context, of course, of uh, the, the broader context of Mabam, the, the campaign between the wars, uh, is this truly effective or should ultimately uh, the, the head of the octopus be addressed for the activities <laughs> of its own hands? I don't want to go into details about uh, this uh, Mabam, which you mentioned between uh, the wars, but I have to say that uh, definitely it was published. So uh, Israel is putting a lot of tension uh, to reduce the capabilities of, uh, especially the proxy of Hezbollah uh, and in Syria, to uh, to get uh, all the strength uh, and uh, um, the accurate weapons, which this is a big, big challenge for Israelis. I saw the Americans also are taking uh, place there, and uh, only last week they had even casualties, which uh, uh, they had to react again in Syria. Um, we had this incident, which was, I think, very uh, unique and uh, very rare uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago in Megiddo, which uh, actually uh, we saw that uh, somebody came and penetrated from Lebanon and uh, uh, succeeded on coming, uh, penetrating into the uh, Israel and uh, putting the bombs. One uh, was uh, badly injured and we were very uh, lucky that uh, the damage was uh, minimal. Uh, I think what uh, our Minister of Defense, still our Minister of Defense, <laughs> mentioned about the uh, aiming that uh, Iran is uh, pushing and there are proxies, as Iran mentioned, from the Palestinian, from Hezbollah. This is a huge challenge. I think Israel is managing that that risks and strategic risks from Iran very carefully, but very successfully. Um, we have the challenges in Jerusalem, as I mentioned before, which we are keeping actually uh, Israeli citizens, which they are not citizens, they are uh, more residents, but they're holding the same uh, IDs and moving from one place to another. And a lot of time they are kind of a platform to create uh, terror activities. We're talking about more than 350 uh, residents like that. Uh, which, uh, uh, excuse me? 350,000. Yeah, 350,000, of course. And uh, especially when we're talking about uh, the Temple Mount and uh, Ramadan at a time. So this is a very, very sensitive point. And in that uh, very uh, sensitive uh, point, everybody's involved from uh, Indonesia, Iran, uh, and the Sunni, the Shia. And as, of course, the Palestinian and Jordan is uh, holding a special special uh, role. So when we're talking about our government, so this is a very very uh, sensitive issue, uh, especially when we have a ministers which are holding uh, huge responsibility. And um, this is a very uh, unique time, I think, for this uh, government to uh, how to. Uh, maintain the peace and order, the law and order, uh, and uh, trying to satisfy the ideological and uh, religious of uh, our uh, people and also from the other side. This is a very, very uh, crucial, I think, uh, point 
politically, globally, that uh, we need to uh, we need Indeed. to pay attention to that. Uh, a topic that we need to address indeed. There are roughly three minutes, so Elan, uh, please keep it short. Uh, when we're talking about Jerusalem, as General Sul mentioned, we're talking about a very sensitive time of the year. Of course, uh, the, the month-long uh, holiday of Ramadan, uh, which uh, includes also various uh, holidays within that uh, context. We have Easter and Passover all uh, combined in uh, overlapping dates. Uh, usually, uh, the incitement levels uh, directed at the Palestinian youth uh, particularly also uh, the, the Arab uh, residents of East Jerusalem, uh, is being bolstered in multiple levels in an uh, attempt by various hostile forces to carry out attacks against Israelis, particularly. Uh, to what degree is this time uh, currently being maneuvered in such a way that uh, uh, hopefully we will not see such an event occur? Well, frankly, the, the, as, as uh, Gerald so alluded to, internal divisions within our own government, uh, there are uh, partners within the governing coalition who would push for uh, a more radical Israeli uh, position and also would like to see the response to terrorism in terms of destroying or, or disabling the Palestinian Authority. But if you look at, at the, what the government actually decided to do at the level of Prime Minister and National Security Council is to establish a channel um, with American support uh, of uh, negotiations and, and cooperation with uh, the Palestinian Authority, fully aware of their limitations and disabilities, backed by the Jordanians, backed by the Egyptians, through the, um, what they can call, be called the Aqaba process, established in Aqaba, there was an, an extra, another meeting already in Sharm el-Sheikh, and there will be another, in which our national security advisor, the head of the Shin Bet and others, uh, uh, are talking to their Palestinian counterparts and the uh, Jordanian Egypt and Egyptian counterparts with American support, and that's, uh, there's a dichotomy here. Uh, some Israeli uh, voices are being raised in favor of very radical solutions, uh, but the government mainstream authorized by the prime minister is actually proceeding with the more traditional modes of work with the Palestinian Authority while being fully aware of its limitations and carrying on operation the uh, night almost nightly activity of operation break uh, wave breaker because they, uh, the Palestinians themselves know very well Indeed. that without Israel direct Israeli involvement they would be uh, they would not be able to manage the terrorist challenge yet we shouldn't overrate terror it is not an existential threat there are as both of our guests uh, mentioned more serious uh, threats Iran, particularly Hezbollah, so we should uh, uh, look at it uh, with perspective. Well, this is all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank General Tzul, Dr. Lerman, and Mr. Owen for being part of today's panel, as well as all of you back at home. Hopefully it was uh, interesting uh, regarding the, the various developments related to this operation. Until next time, shalom. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.